0: The following is part of the teaching ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel in Barrie, Ontario. We believe firmly in proclaiming the Word of God without apology. For more information about our church, visit our website at harvestberry.ca or email us at info at harvestberry.ca. We trust that this message will challenge and transform you. I was thinking this week about people. Why is that funny? Because <laughs> they're live today. Um, I was thinking this week about people and the and the different the different causes that people stand for. You know what they're you know what, what they're all about. And um, for the last few days, um, a group of people. Th- th- these three things happened in the last few days to me. So uh, there's this group of people. I just looked out in my backyard and I was driving. Um, Along, and I looked at the road kind of right behind our house, and there's this open field. There's a whole group of people in there. There's never a group of people in there. And I uh, found out that they were uh, planting trees. <laughs> Tree lover, <laughs> back there. We know what your cause is. Um, so they were, they were planting trees and, and then, so I thought they were about trees. I thought that was their cause. I thought they were about trees. Then I found out that they were the, uh, very, uh, uh liberal association and, and they, they were more about being red than green. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to do better. <laughs> then Cheryl, Cheryl's my wife and she works at uh goodness me shout out for goodness me. <laughs> right. And, uh, she, she works on cash there and a little story about a customer who kind of came by her cash and, um, thought she was wearing perfume and, uh, she went all the, the customer went all street preacher on Cheryl about, uh, scents, not, uh, not money sense, but scent, uh, you know, S C E N T sense, sense smells, um, all, all street preacher on her about scents and such and handed her a card. I got it here. And um, it says a bunch of things. It says, we share the air, be scent-free, uh, be chemical-free. And there's a, there's a bunch of web links here, but none of, none of them work. And, um, and Cheryl, see, I'm doing better. And Cheryl's response to her was, um, will that be cash or debit? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, and then one of our staff members told a joke this week and uh, I thought this was pretty good they said H- how do you know if how do you know if someone's a vegan they'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> alright please no letters <laughs> um, if you're a tree planting scent free vegan member of the liberal party <laughs> I'm really happy for you. Um, my point is, and I do have one, uh, is simply this. I'm, I'm not dissing anybody's cause or anything, but um, my point is simply this. People can get pretty fired up about causes, true or false. Do you think i pretty fired up about stuff like this? And can I just tell you what I'm all about? And I think maybe a lot of you are about this too. And uh, really it's a phrase that just is lifted right out of Revelation 1-2. I am about... The word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. That is it. I'm about the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I want you to, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about of all the things that you're about. Of all the causes you could possibly stand for and put your time into. I want you to think today about whether or not you too can say. I'm about the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, if that's really you. And I want you to think about that because today in in Luke chapter 8, as we continue on in our study in Luke's gospel, Jesus is preaching as he often does through the gospel. Jesus is preaching, but this time he's actually preaching about the word of God and our responses to the word of God. And those responses, we're going to see four of them today. Those four responses reveal what people are about. What their cause is. It's going to reveal what you're about. Whether or not you're really for the word of God. Really for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And if you are, here's what we're going to hear. You will not only hear the word, but you'll do it. That's the simple message that we have in front of us here today. Let me read the passage for us, and then I'm, I'm going to pray. This is Luke chapter 8, verse 21 verses. Soon afterward, he, uh, speaking of Jesus, he went on through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, And Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. As for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word, holding it fast in an honest and good heart and bearing fruit with patience. Now, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar, or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made known, uh, will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear for To the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Then his mothers and brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered, he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God. What does it say? And do it and do it. Let's pray together. Father, uh, very simply, give us uh, patience to hear, and faith to believe what we hear, and courage to obey it all. Father, thank you uh, for speaking to us. Thank you for giving us your word. Do a great work in each one of us today. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Hearing the word of God and doing it means that uh, you'll see a radical change happening. You're going to see that radical change where you ought to see that radical change happening um, first in your own life. That ought to be obvious. Uh, You also will see it happening in the lives of other people around you. Uh, Notice in verse one, the focus of Jesus earthly ministry. Very often you ask people, why did Jesus come? Well, he came to give his life. Does that sound like a good answer? Uh, but his, yes, it sound like a good answer. He came to give his life. Yes. yes. Um, but listen, his first stated reason for coming to earth was to proclaim the good news. That was what he did during the three and a half years of his ministry was to go around a uh, proclaiming notice verse one. He went proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And so before Jesus would be the Savior giving his life on the cross for us, he would first be a preacher telling us about the good news. And we can't miss that. That preaching of Jesus brought about a radical change in people's lives. And he gives a partial list here of people whose lives had been transformed. The balance of verse 1 and through to verse 3, you see it here. There were 12 with him among the 12 were uh, Matthew and Peter in our study of Luke's gospel. We've already seen um, Peter called to follow Jesus, the miraculous catch of fish and, and, and Peter recognizing his own sinfulness. I'm not worthy to be around you, Jesus Uh, depart from me. And that's Peter's conversion and him coming to a realization and pledging his life to follow Jesus in that moment. And then Matthew sitting at the tax collector booth and Jesus coming by and saying to him, "Uh, uh, uh, come and follow me. And Matthew, Matthew left everything to go and follow Jesus. Radical transformation among the 12. That's just two of the 12. And then it goes on here. Uh, The 12 were with him and also some women. Who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene. From whom seven demons had gone out. How many people believe that one would be enough? One would be enough. Seven. Seven. She had seven demons inside of her. Um, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, uh, Herod, Herod's household manager. Uh, Herod uh, was the, uh, really, we just say it this way, it kind of sounds Disney-ish, but he was the evil king. He was the evil king. Uh, in that part of the world, and uh, he had a lot to do with uh, uh, persecution afflicted on people and torment that happened to the Jewish people and and those who had begun to believe in Jesus. And but in his household, managing some part, some high-ranking official was this man Chusa, and his wife, his wife. Believed in Jesus and started following him. And we're not really given any more details than all of that, but presumably some people of means. And later on, it just says here that these women who were going around with Jesus and the other followers were providing out of their means. They were serving uh, the company that was following Jesus, and presumably people like uh, Jesus' wife here, um, uh, Joanna, was providing financially for them to do what they were doing. And then it mentions Susanna. Nothing more is said about her and many others. I mean, all of these people had, had made some kind of radical decision to leave behind whatever life they had and begin to follow Jesus Christ. It's really no different today. And this is the effect of the preaching of God's word. I am a huge fan of Isaiah 55, 11. You know this verse? Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, God says. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose. And shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. There's just no possibility that God's word preached isn't going to hit the mark. That it isn't going to accomplish exactly what God intends for it. To accomplish it will accomplish the preaching and proclamation of God's word here today is going to accomplish great things. I've been praying about it. Other people have been praying about it. It is the word of God. Just the very reading of it stirs our hearts to make radical changes for Jesus Christ. Hear the word of God. You'll see radical change happening. And and then this, even though. It's effective. There's still many who are not going to get it. You'll know many who still don't get it. You see, just because the word of God is effective, just because it's accomplishing God's purpose, does not automatically mean that everyone is going to get it. The word of God, in fact, divides those who get it and those who don't get it. And in that, it's still um, completely successful and accomplishes the purpose of God. The fact is God gave us the ability to choose. He put a volition will inside of us. And so you have the choice today. I will hear the word of God and I will respond as I ought to to the word of God or I won't. God is putting that on you today. Some people will hear the word of God and not do it. Many, in fact, Jesus has a crowd in front of him again, verse four through seven, a great crowd was gathered. The people were coming town after town. This was happening. So then he decides as was his custom, verse five, to tell them this parable about um, a sower, about seed and about soils. In fact, if you've ever heard of the parable of the sower, this is it. If you've heard of the parable of the seeds, uh, this is it. If you've ever heard of the parable of the soils, this is it, okay? Because it talks about all three of those things. And we want to talk about a seed here today. In fact, um, I, I got some seed uh, this week, and I, I brought some here because I want to demonstrate a little something about this parable. Now, farming today is um, a little bit different ...than it was back then. In fact, today it's kind of very scientific. And uh, what happens today is that... Uh, so I, I have some seed here. You see that? Can you identify that? You're not a farmer. Can you identify that? Corn. It's corn. Correct. But you run a restaurant, so that helps too. So so the thing is that in today farming is so scientific... ...that uh, when the seed is put um, into the machinery that uh, based on um what they've learned in the past and all of the studies that they do and then they use they actually use gps to lay down the rows and when you put i'm going to ask you a question in a second When, when you one acre of land how many people know how much an acre is you have it in your mind how much an acre is six people the rest of you have no clue all whenever anybody talks to you about acres you have no clue but you pretend like you do know Am I right? Oh, yeah, right. I got that. Okay, so like one acre of land, um, every four inches, okay, precisely calibrated every four inches, rows 30 inches apart. Sorry for not using metric, but my farmer friend used imperial. And, and in one acre, uh, how many seeds do you think are planted in, in a whole acre? How many? 40,000 40, seeds in one acre of land you go well that's not impressive i don't know how much an acre is so it's all very precise and here here's what i want to tell you about all that it's so precise today that this parable actually wouldn't happen today because because the seed goes exactly where the farmer wants it to go today but in the first century do you know how they seeded things they they, i will show you thank you david I appreciate the encouragement they used They would have a bag that they would carry with them. Larger than this would be strapped around them. And they would use what's called the broadcast method. You know, I'm talking about here. So they would walk along and go like that. Right. Doug, would you pick those all up for me? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So they would use the broadcast method. And you can imagine that if you're using that, that some is going to fall on the path that you've been walking on around the field, and some's gonna fall on rocky soil, not great soil, and some's gonna fall in places where there are thorns and weeds growing up. But some of it, hopefully, hopefully a lot of it, is gonna fall in good soil. So some seed missed the mark. This is what Jesus is talking about. And then he says, We're gonna come back to the explanation of it all in a moment. And then he says to them, Okay, I've, I've given you this picture, you've got this metaphor. Then he says, Verse 8, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. How many people have ears here? I hope you hear. Jesus is saying, if you're here, if you have ears, if you're listening to my voice right now, I need you to hear what I'm saying. And by this, he means a certain kind of hearing. Okay? This is the husband and wife thing. This, this is the Cheryl knows not to talk to me during hockey games. Okay. Because I can acknowledge anything she says while the game is on. I heard it technically. Correct. Does this happen in anyone else's marriage or is this just ours? Okay. Oh, great. It happens with my mom and dad too. So now I know where I got it from. That's, that's all I found out there. So, so hearing... Hearing a certain kind of hearing, hearing where I acknowledge it and I understand it. But then beyond that, what, what Cheryl's really looking from me is that I'm going to execute on the thing that I heard. If my response to her is yeah, 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 yeah. I did not hear Okay, wives. That is code for, I did not hear from your husbands. And so this is hearing. This is, this is actually hearing and doing this is active, engaged hearing now to their credit verse nine we get it the disciples didn't get it but they were smart enough to say didn't get it and so jesus refers to his teaching here as he's trying to help them understand all of this his disciples asked him what this parable meant verse nine he said to you it has been given to know the secrets that word in other translations is mysteries of the kingdom of god but for others, they are in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And what we're going to find out is because this is so early in the process of preaching the gospel is this. That Jesus is beginning to reveal things bit by bit. But that those who do not have the advantage of having Jesus and having the spirit of God teach them, having the word of God, they're not going to get it. I mean, these things are spiritually discerned. And and. and and God is revealing things bit by bit. Now, by mysteries and secrets, here's the definition you need to hear. These are, it's not like a mystery, that you, a puzzle that you have to unlock. It's, it's nothing like that. It, listen, it's, it's um, truths previously unknown to humanity, but now being revealed by God. Now being divinely revealed. That's the mystery. You didn't know about this before. The the prophecies all pointed to this, but now I'm making it plain to you. And it's going to be plain to you by the preaching of Jesus Christ, by his testimony, and by the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Jesus Christ himself being the revelation of God to humanity. These parables, one means of beginning to deliver the truth so that we would actually get it and begin to live it out truth about god's word the truth about salvation the truth about heaven truth about how we live by faith all of that and so he begins to explain it to them he wants them to know exactly what this parable means that begins in verse 11 where he says the seed is the word of god this this is the seed the preaching of god's word is what we're talking about by the seed and We recognize, of course, that the sower in the parable is Jesus. So the sower is Jesus. The the word of God is the seed and the soils now in that's our hearts. That's us. It's how well we're actually listening to what Jesus is delivering to us. And, And then there are four kinds of hearers, four kinds of hearers in the parable. Four kinds of hearers in the room. Right now. And as I'm going through this. You're going to be asking yourself the question. What kind of hearer am I? am I? Am I one of the first three? Or am I the fourth one? What kind of hearer am I? So let's look at this. Beginning with verse 12. Now the, the seed that fell along the path. Um, The ones along the path are those who have heard. That's the commonality with all four of these. You actually hear the word they heard. Notice then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. So, so this falls on the, that trampled down path. In other words, the ground is very hard. There's no chance whatsoever that that seed is penetrating the soil and going down inside. It's it's never going to grow as more people or animals come along. That seed is going to get crushed and then birds are going to come down and they're going to find a tasty little morsel for themselves and they're going to eat it. Now, this is now Jesus makes it plain. It's not even like you need any interpretation here. He says this is the devil coming and taking the word of God away before there can even be any indication of belief. I mean, this is like the earliest form of I heard it. I don't believe it. I, I'm not embracing it. I'm not getting behind it. I don't agree with it. I'm certainly not obeying it. And I think we need to understand week by week as we get together to do this, that there's far more going on in this room than what meets the eye, literally than what meets the eye. And I hope you don't just see this as a physical gathering of God's people. The very reason why we believe in the power of prayer, why we seek to undergird everything we do with prayer. The very reason for that is because we understand there is in this very moment an unseen battle that is taking place. Now, I don't believe for a second that Satan is um, personally showing up to Harvest Bible Chapel in Barrie. He's not not infinite. He's not everywhere present. He's not God in any way, shape, or form. Uh, The scriptures indicate that he is ever before the throne of God, in fact, accusing the saints. So that's kind of like his job. But he's got plenty of other minions, demons, who are active. Seven of them were in Mary Magdalene. I don't for a minute think that he couldn't spare a few to come and harass people here. There's an unseen battle happening here every week that we get together. And it's the devil seeking, the devil and his cohort seeking to snatch away the word before you would ever believe it and ever act on it. That's the path. Evil one doesn't want you, whether you're a believer or unbeliever, he doesn't want you embracing the word of God. He doesn't want to give you a chance to believe it. Then secondly, notice verse 13. Now, um, some fell on the rock. The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, so this is like rocky soil. There's some soil there when they hear the word, the seed actually finds some of that soil and they receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while. And in a time of testing, uh, they fall away. I just think of my own backyard. Um, we live in a part of the city that used to be a quarry. And, and so I just know that, uh, the, the, the folks that good folks that built our house, they gave us like eight inches of topsoil. And then underneath that, it's just rocky, rocky soil. And I can tell that by how dry my grass is and how quickly the water runs away. And the fact that in, uh, in the nine years that we've lived there, our sump pump has never come on. A water runs away from our house, soaks down and is gone. But I also know that it makes it very difficult to grow anything in my backyard, including my grass. And, and so that when I wanted to have a garden, what I need to do is I needed to bring in a, a, a massive, thank you, Icy's family, a massive truckload of soil. Uh, to uh, create a garden in my backyard. That's what we're talking about here. This is it's soil. But there's rocks there. And, and it's not great. So some of the seed fell on this. this not great soil. But but there's this is this is like a person who hears the word of God. And there's like some temporary elation, temporary satisfaction about it. I really like what I'm hearing at that church. I've been reading my Bible and I really feel like it's saying some things in my life. They have this enthusiasm about Jesus and the word of God, but then a trial comes. Some kind of of hard thing and all of a sudden there's all this disappointment with God and he didn't come through for me and and the the, the promises of God are not faithful. Where is God now? As As if I'm supposed to believe this and all of a sudden everything is supposed to go my way. It didn't quite go that way for Jesus, by the way nor Paul, nor Peter. The list is long. These are the people that, it's just an early enthusiasm. That's all it is. It started to grow, but then it withered away under the heat of the sun. We've had people come here. They've embraced the message. They've said these exact things. I love the church. I love the teaching. It's so practical. I love the worship. I love the people that I've met. But then some crisis comes and they are gone. There was no root. Third, then you see this response, the the thorns in verse 14. As for what fell among thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature for this person. It seems like there's actually, it goes even a little bit further. Now we have a plant. There might even be a little bit of a root there. But but the fruit never comes to maturity. An initial indication of belief. But then stifled in spiritual growth. Because of a continuing love for things outside of Jesus Christ. I just love the world. I love my things. I want my time to myself. I can't give that much. It's not for me, is what you would normally hear. They make a profession, but there's nothing real about it. The cost of following Jesus is just too high. They love other things too much. There was never any real fruit. There are people here in this room. These are the three soils. That the hearing of God's word is falling on right now. But I think it would be safe to say. That for a majority of people in this room. It's quite different than that. And it's this fourth soil. It's the good soil. As for that in the good soil. They are those who hearing the word. Holding it fast in an honest and good heart. And bear fruit. With patience. See now you have a. You have a whole plant doing exactly what the plant is supposed to do. There's health, there's strength, and therefore there's fruitfulness. There's clear evidence of a genuine hearing and receiving and believing and executing upon the word of God. It's all, it's all there. The seed landed on good, good soil. Then what we see in this verse actually is, write these down, three steps, three steps to produce abundance in your life. That's what Jesus tells us. Three steps to produce abundance in your life. Uh, Verse 15, the latter part there. The first is, um, hear it. Hear it. You've got to hear the word of God. You've got to get under the hearing of God's word. Lots of ways to do that. You have to read it for yourself. I hope you have an active reading plan for the word of God. I hope that it's a matter um, of practice of discipline in your life. I'm not saying you have to read four chapters a day and get it done in a year, but maybe a chapter of day or a few verses a day. Uh, listen, that's, that's always going to come back as a blessing for you. The discipline of reading God's word on your own to, to take it a little further and even study it on your own. To get under the teaching of it. I'm glad you're here today and and, uh, that many, many of you make it a practice to be here Sunday after Sunday. And when you can't, you're watching the video or you're listening to the podcast. And I'm grateful for all of that and your devotion to that. And God will bless that. That will accomplish the things for which he sent it. Then how about uh, talking to other people about it? This is another way we hear it. Once in a while when I'm studying uh, the the word and, and trying to work things out and understand it, one of the things that's most beneficial for me is to talk to someone else about it. And then I start to hear them talk about what I'm studying in the word. And that gets me thinking about it even in a little bit different way. And to to stimulate my thinking about the scriptures. That's another way to hear the word is to be having dialogues about it. I hope you're in a small group. The majority of adults in this church, are in a small group and you're going to hear this sermon. You're going to get together in your small group this week. You're going to talk about this and ask each other questions and press the point and talk it out and apply it to each other's lives. It's awesome. It's all part of hearing the word of God. And, um, and then what about your kids? I speak to parents and to grandparents. I hope you're instructing your children in the ways of Christ. I hope they're getting this. And as you teach your children, an awesome thing happens. You learn the word of God as well. Even though the principles are more rudimentary, I came across this resource and I really just want to commend this uh, to parents right now. And, um, I'll talk to you more about this at the end, but, um, these are great resources i think there's five of these books and uh this is this is one um uh, then and now these are all put out by rose publishing and there's all kinds there's a cd in here and there's all kinds of maps and charts about and overlays that teach about the Word of God, putting it in its cultural context, all the extra details, charting it all, put it all together. I just want to show you this one. I think this one's amazing and I need a little bit of help for this. Is, uh, can I get an Ingram kid? We've got an Ingram kid over there that can help me. And Matthew, where's Matthew? Um, I have talked to you before. Come on up here, Matthew. And then the biggest kid that I know in our church, Pastor Roger, if you could come up here too. Can you guys come up here on the stage? All right. <laughs> exactly. Wow, I wasn't wrong. Okay, Matthew, you come right over here. All right, I want you to hold it. Remember, you've got to hold that page tight right there. Okay, hold this right here, and then grab that right there. And then, Pastor Roger, you're going, to, you're going to grab this as it goes. Okay, pull this across, nice and gentle. You're going to be right in the middle here. You're going to keep coming along with Pastor Roger, and then stop in the middle. Come on, right over here. Right over here. Yeah, yeah. Stay there, Matthew. Yeah, get this. We should have rehearsed this. Check this. He's still going, Roger, Roger, Roger. He's still going. Look at that. Is that not amazing? So that's like a timeline of everything in the word of God. And sometimes you're thinking, well, that's really cool. And I understand it now because you kind of explained it, but I don't know where it fits with the rest of it. And and this explains the whole thing. Now there's five of these books, moms and dads, there's five of these books, grandmas and grandpas, And, and you can just imagine this Completely analog way of studying something. That's kind of cool. Non-electronic. Get them away from screens. These books are amazing. They're intriguing. Five of them. And you're going to be able to get them. Just lay it right down where you are, guys. Lay it right down. We'll get that after. And let's thank them. Especially Pastor Roger. Everything we can do to get ourselves under the hearing of God's word. To get it. Hear it. And begin to uh, believe it. This is, this is the seed being planted into the rich soil of our hearts. And then here's the second one. Hold it. We hear it, then we hold it. Notice Jesus goes on to say, hold it fast in an honest and good heart. Uh, believe it, embrace it, trust it, do it. This is, this is me saying, now that I've heard it, I'm going to trust every promise I've heard. I'm going to believe that God is good on his promises. Uh, what I don't know about the word, I'm going to trust him to teach me. There's Stuff I don't understand, Lord, would you teach me? And Then going to the word of God and, and, and allowing it to change our thinking, to bring us more knowledge of who he is. And then to read it, to receive challenges to all of our rebellions. How many people have a rebellious heart here this morning? Everyone put your hand up, otherwise you have a rebellious heart. Rebellion, small and great. Some of you, it's big. Some of you, it's small, but they're all rebellions and trusting the word of God to speak to those. You see, the first part is just hearing the word and, and, and seeds planted. But then when I trust it so implicitly and I want it to be altering my life, what we're really talking about there is roots going down. It's it's the roots established in the soil, I may not yet be producing fruit, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm trusting the word of God for all of these things. And I want you to see this, Psalm 19. So take your Bibles right now and turn there. We don't do this very often. But I want you, I want you to see these verses, and, and they're very familiar uh, to most of us here. But even to go back over these this week and just see, are my roots established as a result of hearing the word? This is Psalm 19, 7 to 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And then I love this part. Ready for it? This is how we ought to feel about the Word of God. We've established what it is in these first few verses. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned in keeping them. There's great reward. Amen? That's the word of God. That's that's hold it. Hear it. Hold it. And then, uh, notice this, finally, show it. Uh, Bearing fruit with patience, uh, Jesus says. uh, Bearing fruit with patience. The a new International Version, New American Standard. There, both use the word perseverance. This is one of our favorite words here at Harvest. Sometimes translated uh, to endure or to patiently endure. This is the word "hupomene" uh, from the Greek, and it re- means remain under. Uh, no matter what Satan attempts, no matter. What trial I go through and how hard it is, how deep that trial might be, no matter the cares and riches of this world, what I'm saying here is that I'm going to remain under and it's going to produce, the Word of God is going to produce good fruit in my life as a result of hearing it, as a result of holding it. I'm now going to show it. I'm persevering, I'm enduring patiently no matter what I'm facing. In my journey with Christ and this evidence, not only do I see it, not only do I benefit from having it, but everyone else can see it. When when the plant produces fruit, everyone can see that the plant has fruit on it. Seed planted, root established, crop produced in my life. And this is for all those who get it. The word of God will grow and will yield back to verse 8. Jesus says, this is going to yield a hundredfold in your life. Hundredfold. Whatever you've started with, that gets multiplied in an extraordinary way. And and that's going to benefit not just you, but it's going to benefit your family. It's going to benefit your marriage. It's going to benefit your friendships. It's going to benefit your workplace. It's going to benefit your neighborhood. It's going to benefit every part of your life. If you would hear it, hold it and show it. This is a great harvest being produced in your life. And this is what we ought to see. When the seed falls into good soil, the good soil of your heart and your life. And really it comes to this. You should have an eagerness for this like nothing else. You are eager to live it out for yourself. That's what hearing and doing the word of God means. I, this shouldn't be, You shouldn't be resisting this right now. There, there shouldn't be any sense of, wow, this sounds really hard and I'm not sure. And so You're in the wrong soil. If you're in the good soil, then there's an eagerness. I want this. Verse 16, he, he switches metaphors. Uh, no one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed and puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. I mean, it's absolutely foolish to, to light a lamp in a dark room and then throw a blanket on it. But it is just silly. In, in the morning, sometimes I wake up very early, earlier than Cheryl, it's often still dark. And, and so rather than flicking a light on, which might bother her, um, then I just take my iPhone and I'll put the flashlight on. And, but then it doesn't help if I just set the iPhone then down on the table because the light is now against it, I don't see anything. So I need to set that in a place where it's actually going to provide light for me to do what it is I need to do in the dark without bothering my wife. We're, we're not throwing something on top of a light, we're going to let it shine. Jesus goes on, nothing nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest. He's talking about the preaching of God's word. We're not holding this back. I'm here to tell you, we're shining the light and we're not hiding it any longer. Nothing's hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret. He used that word before, that will not be known and come to light. So he says, verse 18. Underline these words, take care then how you hear. For the one who has more will be given from the one who has not, not even what he thinks that he has, uh, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Take care then how you hear. Uh, Jesus is saying that the burden of responsibility for obeying the word of God is on you. You the hearer. I, I I'm not boasting in anything this morning, but I, I feel like I work hard to bring you the word of God every week. And I, I stand before the Lord for that. Uh, James 3.1 says, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, uh, knowing that you will incur a stricter judgment. I, I live under the weight and burden of that every week. And so like my part in this and what I stand before the Lord for is this, that I faithfully expound the word of God to you every week, and then I can feel before the Lord like my conscience is clear. I hope you feel like I do that every week. But then the burden of responsibility beyond the preaching of God's word, which I've sought to do faithfully here, the burden of responsibility then transfers from me to you. I mean, in essence, what I can do now is is, is I can walk away from this and say, God, I've been faithful. Now God's people need to take it from here. Take care then how you hear. Acting on the word is on you. There's a certain kind of hearing that, that, that makes a difference. There's, there's lots of hearing that, that's going to lead you astray. We've looked at three kinds. There's one kind of hearing that's going to make all the difference in your life. You need to, you've heard the drunk driving ads that that say drink responsibly. This is, let's just take that for a second. You need to hear responsibly. And that's going to require intentionality. If you hear it, then hold it and show it. And if you do, notice, I love this about the Lord. There's always, always, always reward attached to obedience. Good things will come your way if you follow him and believe him in all this. Notice, more will be given to you. More blessing, more fruitfulness, more understanding, more impact, and all of this for the glory of God in your life. Awesome, right? Awesome. But then it doesn't even, it doesn't even end there. It, this is what we ought to see when the f- seed falls into good soil. You're going to be eager to live it out yourself. And then beyond that, here's the benefit of all of this. Hearing the word of God and doing it means that you've been welcomed into God's family. You see, the Jewish people thought that they were in God's family by virtue of being Jews, and they were wrong. Being born Jewish does not, did not, does not guarantee that someone is automatically in God's family. There's nothing about being Jewish that gave you the membership card for the kingdom of God by virtue of ethnicity. The only way in the old Testament, in the new Testament, there was only one way to have faith, to, to, to be in a relationship with God was to have faith. You believed him. We looked last week at a verse, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. That's the way you come to a relationship with God. That's how you get into the kingdom of God. In verses 8, 19, 19 through the end here, his mother and brothers come. This is, his, this is Mary and his actual brothers, his half-brothers, the sons of Mary and Joseph. They came to him, but they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. And He was told, your family's here. They're standing outside. They want to see you. Now, now Jesus is not dissing them at all by not going out to see them at this point, but he sees a teachable moment where he's going to be able to deliver a truth to them. He answers them, he says, my mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Most important family to me is the family of God. What really counts is whether or not you believe the message and do it. We're in God's family when we hear the word of God and we do it. You see, you can call yourself a Christian You can come to Harvest Bible Chapel on a regular basis. You can even become a member of this church. You can fool everybody. See, the real proof of whether you're in the family of God is not whether you're a member of this church. Not whether you go through any of the rites and rituals or how often you serve or how much you give. None of that. All of that is is something that comes after. But. But it all comes down to faith in Jesus Christ. Do you you have that? The proof is in what are you really producing in your life in terms of real evidence of obeying the word of God. And part of that is having this amazing sense inside of you. That you belong to him. No matter what happens to me, I know I belong to him. It's having this unbelievable sense that I'm loved. No no matter what other people might say or do or how I might even feel kind of put off a little bit by by how people react to me, what they think about me. It it all doesn't matter at the end of the day because I know exactly how God feels about me. I'm in his family. I belong to him. And he loves me. That's the greatest reward of all. That's the thing. Every single person in this room is longing for, no matter how you're looking to fill all those things, that's the one thing we're all looking for. And that only Jesus Christ provides for us. Nothing nothing better than that. And so don't let all that's been said here today to be snatched away or trampled underfoot. Don't let the cares of this world or tough times or or anything else really snatch away the better things of God's kingdom the things that he's offering to you here today hear hear the word of God and do it thanks so much for listening we always love hearing about the work God's doing in our listeners if God's been doing a work in you send us an email at info info@harvestberry.ca at and remember You are loved.